Hello, everyone, and welcome to Real Talk with David and Jeff. I'm David, and of course, also with me is... Jeff, how are you, David? I'm doing great. I'm really excited. This is a big night for us, uh, the finale of Big Brother, but before that, the premiere of Survivor San Juan del Sur. So it's, uh, it's a really big night. Reality TV's biggest night, actually. Yeah, I actually I've appreciated how they've been promoting that actually, because a lot of times I think they just let it fall by the wayside. But I've seen a lot of uh, commercials and other things for you know it's the biggest night of reality television, back to back, Big Brother finale, Survivor San Juan Dessler. So they've been uh, I've been happy to see them heavily promote it. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for tonight. I mean, it's going to be a great three hours of TV and. Two things I'm really excited for. <laughs> yeah. I gotta say, I'm a little more excited about the Survivor premiere because the Big Brother uh, finale almost seems like a foregone conclusion. There's not as, as much uh, suspense. <laughs> as much as I want Derek to win in, like, a real sense, I want Victoria to win in a not-so-real sense. Yeah, if I would makes sense. To I would love to be shocked or surprised by something that happened in the finale, but I just don't see it happening. Really, I think the biggest question is who's going to win fan favorite? Oh. You've got... I don't do, even you know, think it's a question. Who do you think it is? Oh, it's Donnie. You don't I, think that Ariana Grande's followers would vote for Frankie? I don't think so. All the polls, I mean... Maybe if there's a whole bunch of casual fans who just watch it for Ariana Grande's brother. But all the polls I see on websites and online, Donnie's winning by a landslide. Nicole, really? Nicole and Zach are the only ones that give him competition. And Frank yeah, I is nowhere near them. But don't forget about the dark horse, Christine. <laughs> no, okay, the only one lower than Frankie is Christine. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, so uh, we're going to be talking about both uh, those shows a little bit, plus some other shows. But let's start with Big Brother, since we're on the topic. What have you thought of this season as a whole? You know, I was a little bit... Um, I, I've been a little bit critical of this season, kind of on I Vote to Evict and on Our Big Brother. I've enjoyed it, though. This is one of the first seasons in a really long time that I followed really, really strictly and religiously. Um, I've watched all of the seasons, but never really followed a season like I have followed this one. I've enjoyed it. There have been fun moments. Strategically, it's been kind of a dud of a season because one person has dominated uh, dominated everything. But there have been some really fun moments, and I've maybe been a little bit too critical of the season as a whole. Yeah, I think uh, this season has a lot of positives and some negatives. Positive... Uh, is the casting. I think that it's just a very good cast. There's a lot of people to root for. There were some villains, obviously. Um, but most of the people in there inter were entertaining. Even by the end of it, Victoria became very entertaining by her just her, her diary room sessions and everything else. So even someone like Victoria, who you thought was a dud sort of at the beginning, you know, once, once some more of the vibrant people got out, she really got to shine too. Um, so I think that's been the biggest plus is the the, the cast. Um, but yeah, strategically, like you said, uh, this sort of reminds me of Redemption Island where we just had one person sort of school every single one, everybody else in the game. There were a few 
people that maybe could have done something, but they didn't have power, and as soon as Derek sensed them, he got them out the door, which is, I think, exactly what Boston Rob did. There were some other people who were sort of smart and Redemption Island, but Boston Rob was able to recognize them right away and get them out right away. So I think the same yeah. thing has happened. So, I mean... I know a lot of people, when uh, you had Big Brother 12 come around, people didn't like, oh, the one alliance made it to the end. I liked that more from a strategic standpoint because even though that is true, I never got the sense of who would actually win the game between Hayden and, uh, what's it, Lane and, right. and uh, Enzo. So, I mean, where this one... It hasn't been, well, you could say, oh, the bomb squad made it to the end. It's really been Derek made it to the end and chose who needed to get out all the way. And let's be honest, the bomb squad didn't even make it to the end. The detonators <laughs> did. I love how th that still baffles me that Caleb was so, oh, the bomb squad made it to the end. The bomb, Well, Caleb, two bomb squad members didn't make it to the end, and you're not in the real alliance, so... Well, that's just, why he has to say the the bomb squad, because... He doesn't even know. He wasn't a part of the detonators, so... Yeah. What was the combination of the bombinators, or whatever it was? Yeah, and then there's also the hitmen, which was just publicly revealed um, yep. to Victoria and Caleb. Which I actually am interested if... Uh, I don't know who won the first two parts of the HOH competition. Um, I think I may have missed an episode, actually, of Big Brother, as I just stated. I watch it religiously. Um, I'm not sure who won the first two parts, but revealing that Hitman information could actually end up hurting Derek if Victoria gets actually mad at him. I don't think that'll happen, but it'd be really funny if it did. So you missed last Friday's show. They didn't actually show anyone who won yet. It's more of a recap episode, so you didn't miss a whole lot. But uh, gotcha. I can, I won't spoil uh, who won the challenges because I do know that. But I will say that Victoria has no ill feelings towards Derek whatsoever. <laughs> uh, you should message. Me. You should message me who won the two challenges just so I know because I'm interested. Okay. <laughs> I think I think you can make a pretty good guess on your own, but yes, I will message just to confirm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, twist-wise, I actually liked the Battle of the Block twist. I thought that was pretty good. I found those challenges to be overall a little more entertaining than just have-not competitions or something like that. Um, I don't know. The Rewind, I wasn't a huge fan of. Um... I was very skeptical when they first announced it. I was actually happy that they did the exact same challenges. I would have been upset if it was, like, I'm glad it was a true rewind and not, like, just kidding, you're safe, now let's go to a new week. You know? Right. Um, I will say, in terms of the Battle of the Block, I liked Battle of the Block overall. I wish, though, that they wouldn't have done the have-have-nots because it just became such a, such a non-factor in the game. Yeah. Well, yeah, and just whoever whoever gets HOH generally just got to choose who the have-nots were, which was never, I don't think was that fun of a thing at all, because then... Well, they never they never even showed it was the thing. Yeah, but people obviously they were. never They never, right, they, but they never told us, here's what went into Derek's decision of who's a have-have-not. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're not even going to show it, you're just making the people suffer for nothing. <laughs> yeah. 
but so um, yeah, so there were some definitely some entertaining moments. Um, some people brought a lot of fun and a lot of life to the season. Um, but strategically, um, I think Derek has played one of the best games we've ever seen. Just like I again compared to Boston Rob, but it's not that compelling of television. Would you agree? I would. Okay. Sorry, I was nodding, and then I realized this is most people only be listening to audio. <laughs> yes, you gotta nod out loud, Jeff. All right. Okay, I will from now on. Any other thoughts you have on the the Big Brother finale, or Big Brother as a season sixteen? Um, I don't think so. I think we've kind of covered it all, and I think we'll probably get some new ideas once we start ranking. Yeah, uh, a few things. Read an article uh, interviewing Julie Chen, and she said, "Don't uh, expect an All Stars anytime soon." She said Ooh, she thinks really? the game works better. The game should be with new people figuring out, and it's not as good with returning players. So that's very interesting, and maybe a different philosophy than Jeff Probst <laughs> uh, has. So well, and it's a deviation from what they were because I mean for two seasons in a row they had returning players, so there's a, a little bit of a deviation from that. I don't know, is Julie a, uh, is Julie a producer on Big Brother? I don't think she... She's not like Jeff Proats where she has that much control. She has so many other things that she's doing with the talk and everything. I think this is But more she is married to the president of CBS. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like so. she... she if she had some strong opinions, I'm sure they would be taken into consideration. But I don't think every day she's going in and, you know, all right, what's happening? You know, let me see. I don't think she has that uh, big of a part in it. I think she right. shows up on live shows and, and does that thing. I'm, I'm sure she watches the show and everything. Right. <laughs> I would hope so. Uh, uh, the other thing, big news, and this will cross over. We can talk about Survivor. Uh, Survivor Live, as you know, is the after show where they talk with the eliminated contestants of Survivor. For the past, I think, two years, Parvati has done it. Uh, yes. Big shake-up, Parvati is no more. Yeah. Well, now that she's old, her birthday was the other day, and she's 32, which officially means, according to a Reddit post, she's now old enough to be on the older women tribe of Panama. Of Panama. So she's just she's just getting up there. Well, it's surprising to me because last time I heard she had plans she was going to move to New York to do uh, Survivor Live and um, that she uh, she went to the location of uh, San Juan del Sur and was interviewing the contestants and interviewing Jeff, so she still had a big role in it. But uh, now it sort of surprised me. She's out, and have you heard who the replacement is? Do you want me to tell them? It is the one and only Big Brother star, Jeff Schroeder. Yes, Jeff Schroeder, um, who is a controversial Big Brother star, but one that CBS really loves. Yeah, I think he was... Uh, he's still really popular among casual fans, especially older women, it seems. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so... Apparently, he is not only the new host of Survivor Live, which is a little weird. Um, I saw in an interview he said, yeah, you know, Parvati was great, but I'm going to be more of a, as a fan's perspective asking fan questions. But he admitted he's only seen probably the last five or six seasons of Survivor. 
Oh, that's not great. <laughs> so he's not a long-time fan of this show by any means. But he's also doing... You know, and another... I... What? Go for it. I say, I whenever I talk about Survivor and, like, the decisions that the that the um, producers make, I'm usually pretty generous to them. I understand that most fans don't want to hear my perspective on what happened on Survivor in comparison to Season 4 or my comparison to, you know, Janet Koff in 6. I get that, and so I understand yeah. when they make decisions like that. I don't understand that it's a business decision. Yeah. I will say, Jeff has, over the years, gotten pretty good at interviewing people. He's a very likable sort of host um, in that sense, very friendly. Um, but, yeah, I don't think he's going to be talking about all the intricacies of Survivor. <laughs> you know? Like, I don't think right. he's going to delve, uh, dive deep into anything. Um, he's also going to be hosting a second show called, like, uh, Reality Remix or something like that, um, which essentially is going to be look like the best of Survivor and Amazing Race for the week. Hmm. Well, good for him. Now that he's going to be a married man too, he's got a big he's got a big year ahead of him. Yep, yep. So, uh, we'll we'll see how he does. Does this mean uh Survivor 31 will be seeing Jeff Schroeder interviewing people on the island? I'm sorry, say that again. I said, does this mean that uh, Survivor 31, we're going to see Jeff Schroeder on the island interviewing people before the game? Well, I think we're going to see Jeff Schroeder uh, being a contestant sooner than later. Oh, you think he's going to be on Survivor? I could see it happening. Jeff and Jordan, Blood versus Water? I hope not, because that would mean we have to do another Blood versus Water. <laughs> is, is he going to be the first one to do all three? He very well might. Wow. Him or Hayden. One of the two. Well, now that Hayden and Kat are no longer together, it's looking a little less likely for Hayden to be on Amazing Race. Oh, you said Hayden and Kat are no longer together. I didn't know that. That's yes. sad. Yes, yeah. That, that probably happened around January, so January, February. You're just in with all the news, David. I know. I'm sorry. I'm breaking all the news to you. Um, Survivor premieres tonight. I'm excited about it. We had our preview podcast. If you haven't checked that out, we talked with Kathy Slackman. She gave us her opinions. Uh, it was a hilarious. I uh, greatly enjoyed doing that. Uh, don't listen it. Don't listen to it if you like CrossFit. But other than that, you should definitely uh, <laughs> you should definitely listen to the uh, the podcast. It was pretty great. What do you think, Jeff? Uh, I was yeah the CrossFit thing. I've actually noticed CrossFit a couple of times in my life since then. Like just reading a book or you know whatever CrossFit comes up, and I, I give a good chuckle to CrossFit because uh, I, I don't think I'll ever forget. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely check that out our Survivor Preview podcast with uh, Kathy Sleckman. But uh, we forgot during that podcast to give our official. Winner picks. I think Jeff, you may have mentioned it when we were talking about someone, but at the end we usually like give our official winners picks, and we didn't. So, uh, Jeff, what is your who is your official winners prediction before we even see one episode of Survivor San Juan del Sur? I'm going with Reed. Going with Reed. That's a very strong choice. Um, for me, I'm going to go with Val. 
I think Jeremy and Val, I know Kathy wasn't as big on them. I think they could uh, be a force to be reckoned with. And I think with, since the past two winners have been Tyson and Tony, people are going to be looking for the male people now and be leery of them. And maybe the uh, the 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 uh, strong, smart females can uh, can sneak by and win this time. So I'm thinking it's a, a female season. You know, David, in the preview podcast, you left me all on my lonesome to defend Val and Jeremy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Even though she's your pick to win, you I don't even know what to say. I was all on my own against Kathy. I would. I sort of took a neutral stance of yeah, I could see it either way. Um, I was letting you take the strong stance one way and Kathy take the strong other. So I can. I who, will admit that. Who did you pick as your winner last season? Because I picked Wu. Um, who did I pick? That's a good question. I'm just curious as to who won because I know I picked Cochran and beat you, Cochran over Andrea. And I picked Vetus, I think, in Blood vs. Oh, Water. I don't even want to tell you my pick. Never mind. Let's move on. Who, who was it? Oh, no, you have to tell me. It was Jeremiah. It was Jeremiah? Yeah. I beat you last season. And then who was your pick during Blood vs. Water? It was Andrea. Andrea wasn't in Blood vs. Water. Oh, Blood vs. Water. Sorry, I thought you were talking about Caramel. Uh, no, Blood vs. Water. Um... I know Aris and Vetus were high up there, but I didn't pick them. I think you might have picked Tyson. I don't think so. I thought, because I was skeptical, will he have his head in the game this time? Because most of the time he doesn't. Hmm. I know I picked Vetus. Uh, you, you picked Hayden. That's right, I did pick Hayden. So, I beat so you, you beat me in Blood vs. Water, and I beat you in Karamoan and Kagayan. So this will be your chance to tie it up. Here we go. Um, so yeah, yeah, I uh, I think Val could go well. Like I said, there seems to be some phases. As you see, there's like male winners and then fe a long string of female winners. I think at a certain point it catches up and people are like, oh, we have to be wary for these people. So after you had Sophie and Kim and Denise, I think people were like, wait a minute, these uh, these women with older souls or maybe slightly older are very uh, suspicious and could go for it. So then we had people like Tony, we had people like Tyson who are a bit more outlandish. So I think if you're outlandish, I don't think people are uh, necessarily going to let you go to the end this time. Yeah, I would probably agree. So. Did, although, um, I assume this these people got to see the finale... Yeah, they didn't start filming before the finale no. aired. They saw, they saw the whole season uh, of Tony's season. Yeah. Cool. Um. So yeah, any other thoughts as uh, Survivor begins tonight? I hope it's good. Yeah, I'm hoping uh, the Exile Exile Island goes well. I think it'll be interesting to see how that works. I'm hoping Keith is not the first one out, like you've predicted. I just read Gordon Holmes' predictions, and he also thinks that Keith is going to be the first one out. Um, but I really, I really hope he uh, can stick around because he seems like a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. But um, let's move on and let's talk about a show that you've been watching. Um, 
I'm actually going to step out a minute to get something, but uh, can you enlighten the people? What is Utopia? Utopia started a few weeks back. I haven't actually been watching it. Uh, I know you've watched some, maybe not all of it, but uh, can you give the uh, the listeners uh, overall summary of Utopia and sort of your thoughts on it? Yes, Utopia is a new reality show. I believe it's on ABC, maybe. Oh, no, it's on Fox. I'm sorry, it's on Fox. And basically the concept is that for an entire year, these people are going to be locked in a five-acre compound, and that's about it. They don't have many rules. There's no competitive aspect to it. Um, it's going on live, so like Big Brother, you can watch live feeds. You can um, you, The live feeds are free with two cameras, and then you can pay for more, and you can actually control the cameras if you pay. But yeah, it's just these, I believe it's 15 people just staying on a compound. It's up to them on what government they want to have. If they want to have government, it's up to them how they use their money. They were given $5,000, and they can get deliveries and things to the compound. Um, they can make money in any way they see fit. So if they decide that they want to work together and create, I don't know, bracelets from something they find on the compound, they can sell the bracelets for money. I know one thing they've considered doing is starting a Kickstarter because they have access to a phone, so they may be able to, um, you know, get the internet somehow. So yeah, it's just a really interesting show. It's uh, I, I'm a couple episodes behind right now actually because I've been busy this past week. But uh, it the the one thing I will say the lack of structure and competition is a little bit difficult to deal with. They bring new people on and people go home, but there's no really. There's no, like, immunity challenges. There's no voting people off. It's just people kind of living together. And so the lack of structure can be a little bit much to deal with. Um, it doesn't make the flow as easy. And also the people that they picked are very, very dramatic. They, they picked just about as opposite people as they could, and I think they did that intentionally because, like, if you're doing a show where your goal is to, like, create the perfect society, putting a really, really conservative guy and a really, really liberal person in the same compound. Like, that's a great way to create drama. It may be a little bit much, though. There's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of... It, it, there's a lot of drama. Maybe a bit too much. But it is a really enjoyable show, and I suggest you check it out if, if that concept sounds interesting to you. Yeah, I know... Uh, I'll say uh, watch it while you can. I know they're still, even last night's episode, they're averaging under 2 million views, which is not a good thing for a network. <laughs> well, and the thing, it, it's weird because they put so much into it, right? So, like, ABC, for example, has been doing these sort of one-off reality shows every summer. They had The Quest, they had Whodunit, and they also had... Um, Glass House. There's another one. Glass House, thank you. Um and they haven't been putting much into them. The production value wasn't very high. They didn't advertise much, things like that. And they suffered from that. So Utopia, was they expected it to be a lot better because they put so much money into it and they advertised so highly for it. It hasn't really panned out yet. And I'm, I, I, I don't know. what if they, Since it's scheduled to be for a year, I'm, I'm really curious as to whether or not it's actually going to go the full year or will they pull people out early and say, sorry, the show's over. Yeah, that's the thing. They they for pro, promoting it, they're going to spend a whole year in this you know place, and everything. But the uh, the ratings have been dismal. I mean, they're people. Uh, most critics are saying they probably could get better ratings just with reruns, um, <laughs> which is unfortunate. Um, but I know Fox has said a couple weeks ago that they were uh, committed to it for now. We're going to stick with it and see if it can grow and flourish. And I think. Uh, 
some people, speculators, said they'll probably at least uh, keep it until after baseball season's over, and then they'll reevaluate it and see. Because that will also be near the start of sweeps, and they'll want to think, oh, maybe we need to get some higher things in there. So, right. We'll see. Uh, we'll see the fate of Utopia. Um, but yeah, it's definitely an interesting concept. But I think if they would have made, um, you can get different people, uh, you know, or a wide variety of people, but still, you have to make them likable to the audience. And also, there's someone on the show from my hometown. I've oh, never met cool. him, but yeah, from Omaha. There you go. Best. But uh, yeah, so check out Utopia if, uh, like you said, if Jeff says, if, like Jeff said, if that interests you at all, um, sort of people trying to figure out how to do a new society. Um, what government did they decide? What government did they decide? Yes. Um, they didn't, and that's one of the things that I really struggled with. Is if I were there, like for example, they had this moment where they were all sitting around a table. And the hologram came on and said, this is Utopia, here are the rules, and all that. And they basically each were able to pack one crate of their own, and they thought they'd get a crate. Well, then they find out they're going to have to take the things from their one crate, and everyone's things are going to have to fit into this other crate, which was bigger than each of their individual crates, but not big enough to have all their things. Mm-hmm. And all they did was they were just like, okay, go. And they all just like started putting their things in their crate. And I was like, what a horrible system. I mean, these people, I just think they intentionally chose people who wouldn't make good decisions. Because if I were on, the first thing I would do is I would have said, everybody stop. Let's talk about it. We've been given no time limit. We can take all day to fill this crate up if we want. And that's exactly what I would have done. And I know some people wouldn't have liked that, but... I would have wanted to have a much more democratic, whereas this kind of seems anarchistic. Yeah. Yeah. So, Anar- anarchy. Yeah, we'll see anarchy. how long the words. we'll see how long the anarchy lasts on uh, Utopia. But right. uh, let's uh, move on. Amazing Race premieres this Friday. Uh, we have some familiar faces: Keith and Whitney. You know, the most vibrant personalities from Survivor South Pacific are going to be on the uh, Amazing Race together. Uh, what do you think of that, Jeff? Well, um, Keith and Whitney, I would, you know, if you're going to put certain Survivor people on the Amazing Race, I would not have chosen Keith and Whitney, I have to be honest. <laughs> not the most likable during their season, and definitely not the most likable outside of their season. So, yeah, that choices were made, and... Yeah. Well, and Keith especially does not have a very strong personality. Like even watching the uh, the pre-interviews and everything, I was like Whitney was doing ninety percent of the talking, and Keith said like a couple words. You know, <laughs> like uh, I can definitely see them doing the racing, and uh, Whitney is the one controlling everything, and Keith is sort of just hanging back there doing whatever. Well, you have to remember that Whitney was on a season of Survivor with Rick Nelson. <laughs> and Whitney has the fewest number of confessionals per episode of any contestant of Survivor ever. <laughs> ever. So you're saying Keith got more confessionals than Whitney? 
Keith got Rick got more confessionals than Whitney per episode, and Rick was on a heck of a lot more episodes. That's true. It's just, I mean, I can look it up right now if if we're really that interested. It's just ridiculous that they would put someone on who they, even they didn't find interesting. Yeah. But uh, also uh, on this upcoming season, Bethany Hamilton, uh, she's the uh, surfer who uh, got her arm bitten off by a shark. Um, so that's going to be very interesting to see how she uh, handles the race. We've seen people, you know, with uh, fake limbs go on the race. We've seen people who deaf, but we've never seen someone with only one arm. Um, it's going to be interesting because a lot of the tasks maybe necessarily. Uh, would not be good for only one arm. You may need both arms to do it. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens with them on the race. Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm not familiar with Bethany, Bethany Hamilton, um, but that definitely sounds intriguing as like a can she do it, can't she type of thing. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really cool that she's on it. Um, I think, yeah, there's definitely going to be some parts that are very difficult they're going to have to choose roadblocks very wisely. If it's something that she can do at all, she needs to do it, you know? Right. Because there may be something like, oh, carry this barrel, which is going to be <laughs> near impossible for her to do, you know? Right. So. Yeah, if they, if they rely too much on her partner in the first couple episodes, she could be in big trouble. Yeah. And they um, don't even get a description of what it is, right? They just get a little, like one-line descript, like one-line kind of clue yeah. as to what and the roadblock is. You use your senses to realize where you are, and a lot of times that can also help. But, uh, right. oh, we're at the top of a mountain. I wonder what this one will be, you know. <laughs> right. Um, Probably going to have to play basketball. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested uh, and looking forward to the next season of Amazing Race. Um, hopefully, I know in the past, like they've had some budget cuts and uh, other things that made the race a little bit less enjoyable. But I'm excited to see new people, and uh, I'm excited to see, you know, maybe if they'll be going to some new locations or seeing some uh, unique uh, roadblocks and detours and everything. Mm -hmm. Any other thought? Any other thoughts you have on the Amazing Race? Not that I can think of at the moment. I try not to think too much. That's good. But um, finally, uh, you know, it's the fall season premiere time. All the new shows are premiering, and uh, we're deviating a little bit from our reality shows, but uh, is there any uh, new fall shows, scripted or otherwise, that, uh, that you are looking forward to watching, Jeff, or maybe have seen already? I, I haven't been paying too much attention to the fall TV schedule, to be honest with you, and scripted shows aren't really even my bag, so I, I don't have anything that I can think of off the top of my head, um, just time-wise, Survivor and Big Brother about take care of it for me, so, but I'm interested to hear what you have to say. But see, here you go, Jeff, Survivor is, or uh, Big Brother is ending, that's three hours of your life that are getting, that's getting freed up. Yeah, and I also just started school, like, again. So there's 18 hours of my life every week. No, that, doesn't matter. that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Priorities, Jeff. Priorities. All right. That's true. Good point. Good point. 
Um, some shows that I watched so far that uh, have been pretty intriguing. Uh, there's Gotham, which I don't know if you're a big fan of uh, Batman or the Dark Knight series or any of that. Uh, but uh, Gotham is essentially a prequel. Um, it started off, the premiere episode starts off with Bruce, uh, Bruce Wayne's parents being murdered. And uh, sort of the, the main character is uh, Detective Gordon um, and sort of how he's... Uh, He's new as a detective and sort of his growing up, uh, but you get to see all these villains sort of before they were villains and hopefully get to see the origins of how they uh, they come to be. So it's really cool. It's a mix between a crime procedural and the Batman universe. So uh, it's, a, it's a pretty cool show. I would uh, recommend checking it out. Hmm. Yeah, I am. I mean, I watch the Dark Knight movies, but that sounds interesting. I will have to watch the first episode. Yeah, um, another one I watched that has been uh, pretty intriguing is a show called Forever. Um, it's essentially this guy is a medical examiner, um, but he's 200 years old, so he uh, he can never die. Every time he dies, he ends up alive again in a body of water somewhere. Um, so uh, it's essentially a crime uh, drama. He's sort of uh, using his skills. He's very perceptive and aware, living for 200 years. He can spot stuff a little bit like Sherlock Holmes, um, especially on dead bodies and everything, but uh, uses that uh, to help with the police. Um, but there's also some mysterious guy that uh, keeps calling him and says, I know your secret, I'm like you, and he's trying to figure that out as well. So there's a connecting sort of mystery and storyline throughout it too. Um, but I would say if you like Castle or uh, Bones or things like that where it's a crime procedural but it also has a little humor and a mystery in it, I would say this is a good show for you. Any others? Um, let's see. I watched Scorpion. That was a, a pretty decent show. That's about like four super geniuses, um, but they don't really know how to interact with people and other things, but they ended up uh, start working with the government to help them uh, solve solutions. So you have a just an overall uh, genius guy, especially with computers. You have a genius guy with numbers and, and statistics. You have a genius uh, psychologist who can read anybody and, and predict anything that way. And then you have a genius mechanic who can fix anything and has the physical stuff. So they really did a good job of finding, you know, choosing the four different sort of aspects of uh, life and everything and finding geniuses in those ends and working together and help. So the the pilot they had to the there was a bug in the new uh, upgraded system of LAX and all their uh, computers shut down so they had to figure out how to start the the computer system again before all the airplanes in the air crashed so it was pretty intriguing but hmm. those are the only ones I've seen so far maybe uh, in future episodes if I see any other good shows uh, we'll update you with that but if you're a fan of scripted ones they're all dramas there's not a whole lot of new comedies that premiered yet um, but uh, yeah, stay tuned. Absolutely. TV. TV, watch it. But before we let you go, we are going to create a list because we always create lists. Um, lists. And since we are at the finale of Big Brother, it seemed only fitting to do a ranking of the 16 seasons of Big Brother, from 16 all the way down to 1. And we're going to be doing something a little different this time. Jeff and I are going to be making a collective list, 
Now, usually we like uh, each come up with a list and then put the two together somehow, but uh, this time we are going to do it like a draft pick. So we're going to start with 16, and Jeff's going to go first and pick the 16th, the worst season of Big Brother. Then I'll pick uh, one, and we'll go back and forth and back and forth until we have the winner. So maybe a season Jeff really liked, I dislike, and I could put it at the bottom, but the same could go vice versa. It'll be interesting to see what our list at the end looks like. Are you ready, Jeff? Yes, I am. Let's start with number 16. What you got, Jeff? Well, number 16, um, there's only one season of Big Brother that I've never seen. Yet, I'm not choosing that for number 16, because there is one season of Big Brother so universally hated by fans, such a bad decision by producers, so universally panned by critics that I can't imagine that the season I haven't seen is anywhere near it. Thus, I have chosen Big Brother 9 to be in 16th place for our list. Big Brother 9. Uh, any thoughts? Why is it so bad, Jeff? Well, the pairs twist really messed it up. You never got to really meet a bunch of people. Um... It was just really oddly drama-filled, and I don't know. It was just wasn't good. It just wasn't good. Yeah. Um, a little bit uh, on the, the backstory of Big Brother 9. This is the only Big Brother not to air in the summer. It aired in the uh, winter-slash-spring. This was uh, right during the writer strike time, and CBS was like, we need a, a reality show. Let's bring bring Big Brother uh, back on the air. Um, so they did that. So I'm sure it was rushed in and of itself, the conception of what they were going to do and everything, because all of a sudden they were in the, in, in the spring instead of in the winter or in the summer. Um, that being said, I think they the main thing they lacked, and maybe this was because of the time crunch, is that I think they had poor casting. I think they had a lot of people that turned out to be even... And I, I think their legacies after Big Brother even made it worse. But uh, some really maybe despicable people on the season. Not a whole lot of people to root for or like. You know, I can't say that there was anyone that season that I necessarily was so enamored by or really liked and was really rooting for the win. And uh, I actually sort of liked <laughs> the winner, Adam, a little bit when I first watched it. But since then, um, if you guys haven't heard, he got... Uh, arrested for selling drugs with one other person on the cast. I mean, these are not that, that great of people. Uh, Matt? <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't he, like Adam when I first watched. Like, I understand why he won, and I appreciate his win, I guess. But, yeah, I, I didn't like him. I was sort of rooting for him because he was an underdog, but... Uh, and that when I first watched it, I was however old. I didn't, you know, I was sort of a little more naive then about actual strategy and other things of that nature. So I was just sort of, uh, I was rooting for Adam a little bit, but yeah, not the the most stand-up guy. Him and uh, Matt or Maddie, whatever his name was, uh, yeah, both got arrested. I think for selling ecstasy. I mean, you won five hundred thousand dollars. Why do you need to be selling drugs? Uh, <laughs> You know, it's uh, well. He spent his five hundred, uh, spent his five hundred thousand on drugs. Yeah, so. there you go. Um, 
But, you know, one of the big standout people was Crazy James. I was never a huge fan of him. I, I didn't actually like him that much. And I think it was just none of the season felt that good. <laughs> you didn't feel good after watching that season, if that makes sense. Yeah, I would agree. So I have this at 15. I have no problem with this being 16 because it's a toss-up between the other two. Um, so I'll go with my number 15, which I will then go Big Brother 1. That's what I had as 15, too, because it's the only season I haven't seen. Uh, I actually had it at 16, but I'm perfectly fine putting it above BB9. But uh, the reason I have it that low is because it was a completely different show. Um, if you've seen any other international versions of Big Brother, the first season of Big Brother was very much like that. It wasn't about strategy at all. It was about uh, people in the house and their relationships with each other. And then, you know, they would nominate people and then America would evict someone. So every week America was voting people out. Um, so, yeah, thing like going back, I've tried to rewatch it and I haven't gotten very far just because. It, I think it was maybe even was on more than Big Brother is now. It could have been on maybe even like four or five times a week on certain weeks. But yeah, I think was, it was. There was really almost no challenges, very few challenges, and there's no strategy. So it's essentially just watching them live in the house, which is cool at first, but it gets very boring. Even now on this season of Big Brother, you get to the point where it's pretty boring. If you were watching the live feeds, it's pretty boring watching inside the house right now, just Cody, Victoria, and Derek, you know? So uh, right. to to not have challenges, not have strategy, it makes it, it pretty boring to watch. And I think Big Brother was very smart in recognizing that and switching it as they moved on to the season two. But, uh, yeah, so maybe if it was on once or twice a week, it would be a little more uh, manageable. But there's just so many episodes, um, and they were – it got to the point where every week they were having to find different things that they can do to try to – have something that that people would be entertained like because I know like one one week that I vividly remember actually watching when it aired was uh they had to they were going to sing the theme song of Big Brother like they had to write the words and then and then sing a theme song so they had like different things like that that they were making them do in the house so it's not it was not nearly the same as uh, Big Brother as we know it today so that's why it's number fifteen for me understandable. Um, so I get to pick number 14, right? That is correct. Okay, well, this is a season that I was honestly a little bit... I didn't know how to feel about it. Um, I think there's a lot of good strategy. I actually like the winner a lot. And there's a, some good characters, but in the end, something just felt weird and wrong and not good about this season. And uh, that's why I chose Big Brother 15 as 14th place. Um... A lot of the characters were just bad people. Uh, the strategies were—they were fine. There was some good strategy. There was some really bad strategy, um, but there weren't too many likable characters. And I think at the end of the day, you need to have likable characters in order to have a good reality TV show. Yeah, um, I had my Big Brother 15 a little lower. I think I actually had it at 12, um, but uh, I'm okay with it being here. You know, I. I think the whole racial controversy really, you know, puts it down. Like, it, 
with that, it could never be in the top ten, you know, just right. on that alone. Um, and I think with uh, there were some very interesting people had some great moments. I think Amanda brought a lot to the show. I thought McCray uh, was actually interesting to watch. I mean, near the end he became a little puppy dog, but after Amanda got out, I again like to see him work. Um, I thought Andy had a very valid strategy. You know, it wasn't that fun to watch. He was very weaselly, but that was cool too. But I, I will admit there was a lot of likable people, I think, that got out early. People like Howard and Nick, people who may have been a little more entertaining, um, a little more likable, more rootable, but they uh, went out and we were left with people like Aaron uh, <laughs> and, uh, and Gina yeah. Marie and other people like that. So, uh, yeah, not not a spectacular season, but I do think it has some some great moments and some redeeming qualities. Yes, so you get to pick number 13. Number 13. I have a season. I've never actually seen this whole season. I've only seen uh, parts of it. But, uh, again, it, to me, it just didn't have anyone that uh, likable, someone you really root for, and that would be Big Brother 4, The X Factor. David, that's what I had as my number 13 as well. Oh, there we go. I actually had it at 14, um, but, uh, yeah, I'm okay with it being 13. But, yeah, it's uh, the X Factor. It, while it was an interesting concept to have your X in it, it didn't exactly come out as likable for anyone. You know, it really yeah, – they had to find people with, you know, entertaining Xs, but it really uh, – yeah, I don't think that was their best strategic decision. I and mean, you had people like Allison, who is a huge villain, but you didn't really have a huge hero or someone to root for. I think June played a really great game. I think she definitely deserved to win. Um, but again, hers was not the most entertaining of a win. Yeah, I would agree. I actually didn't like June as a winner. Um, I just, at the end of the day, I think when I was, I was watching it, I literally posted on Facebook like how the blankety-blank did June win Big Brother 4, and someone post posited that she wasn't Allison, which I guess is a very valid strategy to not be Allison, but I don't know how, how many seasons in a row that could uh, actually do well for you. Yeah. So we're actually going exactly down my list, so I'm excited about that. Um, <laughs> my next one, I actually think some people might not be happy about this. Um, I think this was a season a lot of people really liked. And I think it had all of the makings of a good season. It had two separate alliances fighting against each other with lots of power switches, some amazing characters. And you also had what I also think makes a good season, which is interactions and relationships between the people within the two alliances. The problem was they never actually used that to swap or flip or go through any real, like, decision-making, it was just two alliances butting heads. Um, something just didn't work out. It had all the makings of a great season, something didn't work out, and that's why I choose Big Brother 5 to be 12th place. Oh, Jeff. That's a big upset. Big Brother oh, really? 5. Really? Is it a big upset? That's in my top 5, Jeff. You're kidding. I really liked Big Brother 5, and and part of that is probably a little bias of me. Um, you know, that was really the time when I got really invested in Big Brother, and that was sort of one of the, the first seasons. But I thought it had a lot of great characters, um, a lot of drama. I mean, I think, 
you know, there were some alliances early on. You know, you had that dominant man, male alliance that then crumbled, and you had the different uh, the sides working. I didn't think uh, you had that predictable winner. I think Drew played an amazing job. I think when we did our list of underrated Big Brother winner or Big Brother players, he was uh, very high on my list. Um, and you had the whole thing where he had that showmance with Diane and then ended up you know, cutting her adrift at the final three and choosing Cowboys so he could win. I thought there was a lot a lot of uh, good things about the season, entertaining. You had the twins uh, thing that maybe wasn't the greatest twist, but... Uh, um, well, if they had picked interesting people. If they had picked a pair of twins who were interesting, yeah. it would have been great. Can you imagine if Nadia and Natalie had been the twins? <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, so I think I thought it had some some very interesting people. You know, even like people like Marvin, I found interesting to watch. Um, and I it wasn't that predictable to me. I didn't. I mean, you had uh, Nokomis with her birth of the uh, you know six uh, person strategy with the veto, making them change the rules of how that worked. So I I, I think uh, it's. Maybe I have a little too high, but I don't think it should be as low as 12. Well, we can agree to disagree. I liked Big Brother 5. Uh, That's kind of where I cut my line as to good versus bad Big Brother season. Um, I'd say Big Brother 5 is probably on the good side. It just wasn't... Compared to the others, it wasn't in my top 10. That's fine, that's fine. All right, uh, number 11. I'm going to go with, well, this is very fitting. Um, I'm going to go with Big Brother 11. Uh, I think it had some, what are you doing, Jeff? I'm excited because this is still going straight down my list. Uh, this is frustrating. <laughs> I'm playing right into your hand and you're not playing into mine. Um you know, it had some interesting characters. It had, I liked the initial twist of the jocks and the the brains and the uh, outcasts or whatever it was and the popular people. But um, ultimately, you suffered from... Uh, well, you had Jesse in there, which I don't think... Of, of the four people that could come back in the game, I think Jesse was the one that people were rooting for the least. Um, I think... If if any of the other three would have come in, it would have made a very interesting season. I think at, even first watching it, you're a big Jeff and Jordan fan, but as soon as Jeff leaves, you're like Jordan won. You know, <laughs> you know, no, I'm not getting, taking anything away from her. We have Natalie, who wasn't that likable of a person. Um, you have Kevin and Michelle, who sort of get uh, out right at the end and get get played, even though maybe they were the more strategic people that you you rooted for. So, I don't know. The ending uh, makes it a little lower for me, and the fact in the beginning with, you know, I was just so excited about the potential of Jessica or Brian or even Cowboy coming back, and to have Jesse come back, I was a little uh, little disappointed. So that's why it ranks uh, number 11 for me. Yes, I agree. David, can we just take a quick one, one, two-minute break? Sure. Okay, I I will be right back. I'm going to turn my camera off, but I'm not going to disconnect. Okay. 
All right, so Jeff is uh, taking a quick break, but we will be back momentarily to continue our list. Hey, do you disagree with our list? Do you think, oh, you're, uh, this, uh, this season should be much lower? Or, hey, you put this season too low. Uh, it needs to be much higher. Let us know. Uh, you can give us feedback either on our website, survivorpodcast.blogspot.com, or on our Facebook group, David's and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Um, we're really excited to uh, be starting uh, our Survivor uh, shows coming up in the next couple of weeks. We're hoping to have Trish on for our premiere from Survivor Kageon, and we're getting some more guests uh, as well. We're going to be having lots of fun doing our uh, Survivor podcast hangouts. We're going to be doing some more lists. We're going to be playing some more games. We're going to be doing lots of uh, fun stuff talking about the season and the episodes, so you definitely want to stay tuned for that. We're also probably going to be doing more Real Talks with David and Jeff, just like this one. So you'll definitely want to uh, keep watching and hearing. We'll talk a little bit about Amazing Race. We may talk about Survivor, Utopia, who knows what else. Maybe we even talk about some Shark Tank. Maybe we could even uh, get, uh, get an update from Edna and see how she's doing. So lots of different stuff. So uh, be sure to continue checking into David and Jeff's Survivor podcast. All right, Jeff is back. Are you ready, Jeff, yes. to continue? Number 10. I'm excited. Because I'm still going down my list. Number 10, I have Big Brother 13. Hmm. 13. Um, there were good things about Big Brother 13, I thought. Um, there were a lot of good things about Big Brother 13. I think it suffered from Dick leaving so early. Um, honestly, I think that had he been on the season, it would have been a lot more enjoyable. Um, I think the twin or the pairs twist really didn't, I don't know, work out as well. It just seemed like the entire season it was too easy for the returning people, um, which shouldn't have been because they were down eight to six in numbers, and one of them even flipped immediately, and one of them left before the first eviction. So really, they were down eight to four in numbers, but somehow it was still way too easy for them. Um, I'm not particularly keen on Rachel. I'm not a fan of Rachel. wasn't a fan of her in uh, Amazing Race. wasn't a fan of her in any of her Big Brother. Um, so yeah, I, I just the season just didn't work for me. I didn't find the strategies particularly interesting. I felt like Rachel and Jordan were both saved by the reincarnation of the twin of the Paris twist. Yeah. Um, that felt really inter interferency to me. Um, and it just wasn't a great Big Brother. It's not one of those classic, like, when you think of the top-tier Big Brother, it's not there. There were good things. There were a lot of bad things, though. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I had it at number nine on my list. Um, so it's not uh, it's not that high up for me. Um, yeah, I think they had some sheep of uh, fans or, you know, original Big Brother players. And, uh, you know, while it was sort of interesting at first to see these returning players, yeah. The fact, I always... I always just look back and I think, how d the heck did Rachel win Big Brother? Like, I, I don't understand how she won, uh, <laughs> you know, but, uh, and it's just because you had people like Portia and people like <laughs> Adam and, uh, and other people like that, and it was just, they were deferring to the, the re returning players a lot, and it uh, definitely... Um, yeah, it was not the most enjoyable season. I mean, it had some good moments. It was definitely entertaining to see to see a lot of the stuff. But yeah, I I agree. It was like, uh, you re I I really wanted to see some new people do something, and they didn't prove to do that at all. Yeah, and I actually watched 
Big Brother half of the season and then stopped and then started watching again on finale night because it was just on. And I've since gone back and watched the entire season. Um, and the, all I could think was when I turned it on on finale night, I've watched half the season, I turned it on on finale night, how the heck is Portia still there? <laughs> I mean, I just I just didn't get it. But anyway, 10th place, Big Brother 13. All right, I got number nine. Number nine for me is a season that I think has a great winner, but uh, was still discovering itself, so I have Big Brother 2. That doesn't go along with my list anymore. Huh, finally. Once you said has a great winner, I was like, dang it. Um, Big Brother 2, like I said, I think Dr. Will is a great winner, one of the greatest. Um, I think he played the game masterfully. He, he like Richard Hatch, figured out the season, figured out the game and how to play it and really uh, did everything that he could uh, perfectly. But I think, again, the show was still figuring itself out. We didn't have Power of Vetoes yet. Um, I think we still had three episodes, but we only had nominations and ho head of households. So we, didn't, we never really had, you know, I mean, we had some more, like, food challenges and things like that, but we didn't have a whole lot of challenges. There was still a lot of filler in a lot of the episodes. And while we always say, you know, on Survivor, we like character development, um, I think there's there comes a point where you just have too much filler uh, with Big Brother since it's on three nights a week. It'd be different if it's one night a week and we were only seeing strategy, but with three nights we have the opportunity to see characters and everything. But you you also need some sort of challenge. You need something in there to, to help with the pace of it too. So that's what really brought it down. And I will say this. One of the things that kind of... Like Amazing Race Survivor Big Brother, right? The three really kind of pantheons of American reality TV. They've all got the same idea behind them, which is you can always save yourself. It doesn't matter. You can spit in everyone's face and tell them that you hate them and that they're horrible people. There's always a way to save yourself. You win an immunity challenge. You win a POV. You win an HOH. Big Brother 2 didn't have that formula. If you were a challenge beast but everyone hated you, you'd just go home next week because you couldn't yep. compete in HOH. Yep. And so I think that actually hurt it, because there was... The, once you become an underdog, your time is limited, right? And that's not true of Survivor, right? Like, think of Terry Dietz. Think of um, Ozzy. Think of some of these... I mean, Kelly Wigglesworth, right? Like, some of these great Survivor characters are people who are built because you're, you start to root for them because you realize their only way to stay in the game is to do this one thing, and that didn't exist in Big Brother 2. I think that hurt it. Yeah. So where where was uh, Big Brother Two on your list? I had it as, at number six. Okay, so not too too low. Not too far off. The reason why uh, I knew you weren't going to say what I was going to say is because you said this season has a great winner, and uh, my my number nine is a season that has yet to crown a winner, um, which is Big Brother sixteen. Um, I put it there. I put it. Or sorry, that's my number eight. I apologize. Number eight. Um, I put it at number. Eight originally I had it at number nine because we kind of talked about it already, right? The strategy itself is boring, but some of the things that happened in the season are great. And I think also more so in this season than in any other, you really did see strategies unfold in a really kind of thrilling way. It's it, it, it kind of contrasts itself with Survivor Redemption Island where you realize after the fact that Boston Rob was playing so masterfully 
I think yeah. in season 16 of Big Brother, you really got to see the nitty-gritty of what Derek was doing. And, I mean, things have come out that Derek is even, like, lying to the diary room, lying in the diary room to yeah. uh, to change the way the audience perceives his victory and to change the way that um, the audience may vote or not vote for America's player or America's uh, America, Team America. I mean, you really got to see Derek's strategy unfold in a meaningful way. And the fact that the Alliance had this this is something you don't always see on Big Brother. Because someone in the Alliance won HOH every week, the Alliance had a place to discuss strategy all the time. And so it became the HOH room became a sanctuary for them where they could say anything and that became a place where you got to see the strategies unfold because they had that area, that private area that no one else could enter. Yeah, um yeah, I agree. Big Brother sixteen, um with uh, with Derek um, and everything, you know, he was lying to the camera, and it was really when Donnie was in the game, and he had this Team America bond with him, but he really wanted him out, and he wanted him out for the longest mm -hmm. time. So once Donnie got out, I think anything from there, Derek was being very authentic, and you could see a switch in it. Right. Um, and I think uh, Brian, who's the correspondent for Rob Has the Podcast, was saying there was a moment where uh, on the feed that Derek just started crying because he realized that he was one of the villains on the show. And I think after he recognized it, he embraced it, and I think he's actually become a much more likable. Like I, I like him a little bit more. Where it, before that, I knew he was inauthentic when he was saying, you know, he's talking about Donnie and how he wanted to save him all the time. Yet he really didn't want to save him at all. And uh, so I think mm -hmm. once Donnie finally got out, we got to see him sort of embrace his, yeah, I am the mastermind. Yeah, I am. Uh, you know, setting these people up, lining them up for the slaughter and everything. So I had it at number 10, so yeah, I, I'm perfectly fine with it here at 8. It would have been my next pick if you hadn't, so uh, yeah, I think it's a good season, it's just not one of the greats. Yep, I agree. Oh, so I have pick number 7. Here we go again. I'm going to go with uh, Big Brother 7. Uh, that would be Big Brother All-Stars. Oh, was that high for you? I had it as number three. Number three, wow. I, uh, the season, I don't like it as much for the, the sole fact that we have the final two of Boogie and Erica. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think that that sort of put it down. I think you had a lot of great people and characters going in, um, but I don't think that those two were necessarily the uh, biggest, and it sort of felt to me like uh, Survivor All-Stars, where you had, you know, all the big characters were getting out early because there were threats. Uh, the only saving grace about Big Brother 7 is that Will, you know, who was like the Richard Hatch, somehow made it to the Final Four and was able to do that, and even Janelle at Final 3, so it wasn't completely bad, but I just think in the end, the Final Two, you have two of the people who were two of the earlier boots, you know, from their season, people that didn't really, no one I think was truly rooting for or wanting to go, you know, I always thought, especially when watching it, you know, Boogie without Will at that point was really nothing, so, so that is why it's, it's lower for me, it's for the ending. Yeah, I will say, a Big Brother 7 was actually the first season of Big Brother that I watched, which seems weird because it's all-stars, so... Having only to go, having only what they gave me to go off of, I found it an enjoyable season. Um, I do say, I will say, now that I've gone back and watched Big Brother Four and Five, especially, 
I kind of understand maybe ranking it a little bit lower as you as you explained yourself. It does feel like Big Brother All Stars with Allison going home early and Nakomis going home early and Diane going home early. Like those three especially, I think, really exemplify what you're talking about. And so I will say, if at the time you've watched every season of Big Brother in order along with with Big Brother 7, I could understand why you'd rank it as low as you did. And again, we're talking about it in as number 7. It's not low. It's just lower than 6 yeah. layers. Yeah. It's still uh, better than half, you know. Right. Um, yeah, and I think if you were watching it, you know, uh, Kesar was the Rupert of Big Brother at that point, and everyone was so disappointed when he got out early last, uh, the season before, so everyone like, he's back for All-Stars, this is his chance, redemption, and what happens, he gets out early again. So, I mean, it's just, he's sort of like everyone's favorite Big Brother contestant that never did anything great. <laughs> and he was even voted off again when James Danielle and Kaser snuck into the Big Brother house for the Big Brother 13 finale. But uh, did you ever see that video? I did not. I, was, it was, I think there were four people, and the three <coughs> I remember are Danielle Reyes, James Ryan, and Kaser all uh, snuck into the Big Brother house during the rap party and like played out a scene where Danielle and Kaser were on the block together and James was playing Julie Chen, and Kaser got evicted. <laughs> and uh, of course, Kaser got evicted. Um, it was it was this little YouTube they posted. It was funny. Hmm. All right, we're at number six. Only six seasons left. I gotta say, yes, we go my final four is still intact, which is nice. But uh, we'll see how it goes. I have four of my final five still intact. Um, so the seasons we have left, and we should go over them in chronological order. Are Big Brothers. 3, 7, 10, 12, and 14. Nope, not 7. Sorry, 7 you just did. So Big Brother, 3, 6, 8, 10, 12, and 14. Yeah. Okay, so even numbers we're liking. Odd numbers, apparently not. Um, I will say that my number 6 is a season that I'm not as intimately familiar with. I've watched it but I haven't seen it multiple times, and I was kind of watching it spuriously. But I still really enjoyed it, and I think having one of the characters from that season on another reality TV show um, really helped me appreciate him as a character. And that's why... Uh, but uh, Big Brother 12 uh, it was my choice for number six. Great season. Um, had some really good things in it. But there, the other five are just so high, in my opinion. It's really... I mean, we're getting into pantheon of Big brother. We're getting into the best Big Brother seasons ever, and top six is a good achievement, so I don't have much negative to say about Big Brother 12. I'm just not as familiar with it um, as the others. Yeah, I have Big Brother 12 at number six. I had one uh, lower, but uh, I think it's probably good that Big Brother 12's here. Yeah, I really like, I think it had a great uh, group, of, a great cast. Um, you know, a lot of people didn't like the dominant alliance all the way through, but I sort of, I loved watching the brigade and their strategy of how that worked and how they were each going to take someone else and make an alliance with them so that essentially they had eight, but it was truly those four. Uh, and just lots of entertaining characters. You know, when Hayden isn't that great, you know, isn't one of the best characters that season, you know you have a good season. Um, you know, you had uh, Enzo, which was great. Matt Hoffman was awesome. I, I was a big fan of him. Uh, Brittany was really great. People uh, loved rooting for her. And this was also the first season of Brendan and Rachel. I mean, 
and, and they definitely brought a lot to the game. So there was a lot of entertaining characters and a huge cast, and I think that's why it's up here so much. Strategy-wise, yeah, a lot of people think, you know, it didn't have that many shake-ups, which is understandable, but I still I still enjoyed it nonetheless, and it was great characters throughout. Absolutely. David, you are tasked with beginning our top five. Yes, top five. I don't know where this one is on your list. I could be shaking the boat here, but for me, the I personally like the other ones better, so I'm going to have to go with Big Brother 8. That was in my top five. I have, one, I have two lower, so it was third out of my five that are left, but that's okay. Uh, Big Brother 8 is the Evil Dick winning. Uh, obviously, very entertaining. You can't say it wasn't an entertaining season. Um, to me, there's just... There were still quite a few unlikable people in that cast. Again, you had the twist where it was enemies and it creates some bitterness. And I like having rivals and, and fighting and everything, but when it's when it's the personal bitterness stuff, it just rubs me a little the long way. So uh, that's why you know maybe it's not as high up for me, but Evil Dick and Danielle were amazing that season. Um, Zach, not so much, but uh, you know, you had some uh, some very uh, interesting people in the season. Uh, I loved Eric and America's Player and Jessica, and I think another reason why it was low is because Eric's game got screwed because of America. I think that's another reason why it's not quite as high for me. But all in all, it's still a great season. Uh, you know, a truly epic winner in Dick, and uh, you can't have much bad to say about it. Yeah, I mean, I just can't. I can't fathom any other situation or any other person who could be such a so disliked in the house, such a such a mean person, and win. I mean, yeah. and be respected by America. Usually, America hates that person, but because it was directed at Jen, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that it goes by the wayside. But yeah, no, um, Big Brother Eight. I had it as number four. One of my favorite seasons. Uh, one that I watch. Not often, but I mean, when I watch a Big Brother season, just to watch a Big Brother season, it's one that I consider. So, my number four is um, it, it is an interesting season. It, it had returning players, and so now you know what it is if you were paying attention at home. Um, I personally didn't like the twist, and I'll just say it now because we we already know it. Yeah. Uh, my number four is, or I had it originally as number seven, but the number four is Big Brother 14. Um, I personally wasn't a fan of the coach's twist. Um, I felt it was a bit forced, and it was really obvious that they were going to make the coaches players in the game. Um, I will say, in, in its, in, to its credit, they chose the coaches phenomenally. I mean, having Dan and Brittany and Janelle and Mike come back was a phenomenal move. Then also the new people in that season I felt were really good. You know, you did have some duds that made it a long way, like Jen, and some people would argue Joe, even though I like I love Joe. Um, yeah. But you have new characters like Ian and Danielle and Shane who really made that season what it was. And, I mean, you this is the season with Dan's funeral. Don't forget, this is the season... People remember Dan for winning BB10, but people remember Dan for Dan's funeral. I mean, I would say that's probably even more... He, he's probably more famous for that now than he is winning Big Brother 10 among Big Brother fans. Yeah, Just a phenomenal season. Had some amazing moments. The blind side of Shane at the Final Four uh, I don't think will ever be matched in terms of surprising and like game-changing. Uh, and then again, the blind side of Danielle at the Final Three. I don't know that there's ever been someone in the Final Three who was as blindsided as Danielle was 
um, <laughs> when Ian chose to go with Dan over her. So yeah, uh, just an overall amazing season. Twist that I wasn't too fond of, but I'm easy. I'm quick to forgive that. Yeah, I had BB14 as my number four, so this is uh, working out perfectly. My final three are are the final three. So really, yeah. Um, my top two and my number five are still in. So, but uh, BB14, yeah. I mean, Dan Geesling was just phenomenal. We had the the coaches coming to the game, which I thought was sort of interesting. We had some really likable people. Another person you didn't mention was Frank. I thought Frank was great in the season uh, as sort of that sort of antagonist and, and challenge person so that the Quack Pack could have against. Um, I thought he was great. And, you know, there was one point in BB14 where we are like, all right, this is getting a little monotonous. Okay, Dan's going home, and now, you know, these people are just going to take it all the way, and it's going to be boring. But then Dan did his funeral and shook things up, and ever since then, that ever uh, past that point, the game would just got so much more crazy and entertaining and unpredictable. And all in all, an exhilarating season. You have a likable winner in Ian. I think most people liked him. You had Dan in the final two, which was phenomenal to see. Um, so all in all, I think it's just a great season of Big Brother. Yeah, the, the coaches thing is a little whatever, but but still a great season. Yeah. So you get to pick number three. Set me up for my decision in the final in the finals. Excuse me. Well, let's see if I pick your number five. Is that your next one? I have five, one, and two left. Well, let's see if our one and two are the same. My uh, next one is, this is the the season that was maybe uh, at the height of Big Brother when, at its popularity, and that is Big Brother 6. No! David, what are you doing? Ugh. Was that your number one, Jeff? That was my number one. That was my number one. Ugh. It's, I will admit, it's a great season. The only reason I have it at number three is because you have a Maggie Vet final two. The wrong side ended up winning. Um, for the most thing, you had these people that you fell in love with. America fell in love with, like I said, the height of its popularity. You had uh, James. You had Howie. You had Janelle. You had all these. Kesar. You had all these great people. You had these two ultimate sides, good and evil. You had this epic battle. But I chose it at number three because evil, evil wins, Jeff, and I don't like it as much when evil wins. Here's so, the thing: I don't know that evil actually wins. I think the people that America liked didn't win. But uh, if I were gonna put one of those sides on good and one evil, I would struggle a little bit. In the viewer's mind, Jeff, the friendship was pure evil, <laughs> and the. The ragtag group of misfits on the other side were the, the greatest thing ever. Like I said, this was one of the most divisive seasons of Big Brother where you had this group of people who was huge, huge, hugely popular and this group of people who were hated, especially Cappy and Yvette uh, and Bo and April and all of them were just really hated. Um, and... You know, I think Maggie played a great game. I don't want to take anything from her. In retrospect, you know, I think she did play very smart, and she she did deserve to win. But I'm just saying everyone was just super bound when uh, Janelle got out at third place. And at that point, we had already had, you know, all these other people fall to the wayside. And, uh, you know, Maggie and Yvette, it was sort of just like, oh, great, now we have one of these two as the winner. I don't even know what to say now. 
But I have my number two is going to end up winning, and my number five is going to be second. I'm a little upset, but that's okay. We'll move on. Well, wait. What is your defense for being number one? I'd like to hear. Your it's thoughts. just. I mean, I think Big Brother Six shows the height of Big Brother challenges. I think the challenges in Big Brother Six are significantly better than any other season. The characters in Big Brother Six are significantly better than any other season. The uh, the struggle between two alliances that I've kind of talked about in reference to Big Brother Five, um, I think works out in Big Brother Six much better. I mean, the twists that they have are fascinating to watch. Um, I just think that it it just it did everything that I wanted a Big Brother season to do. But that's okay. That's the rules of the game. I'm okay with so, being upset. So you wanted Maggie to win? No, 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 no. Okay. Working out doesn't mean that what I want to happen happens. Okay. Working out means that it makes a good television show. Okay. So I'm really, really hoping that you have what ends up winning at your number two, because that would make me happier. Um, so I have I have a choice, an epic battle between Big Brother 3 and Big Brother 10. Um, one season was a different game. You weren't allowed to use the power of veto on yourself. There's no power of veto at the Final Four. One was a return to Big Brother's former glory, a uh, back-to-basic season, if you will. Um where they had, I believe, only 12 people in the game? Or were there 14 at that time? I don't I remember. I think there were still 14. It wasn't 12. Um, both seasons had amazing characters. Both seasons had amazing relationships between characters. Both seasons had great moments. Both seasons had some sad and emotional moments. Uh, but in the end, one must prevail. One must prevail, David. Um, and I, I know I'm some for the death. Um... But I believe, I mean, at the, in the end, what we see is two duos kind of running, a, a duo per season running the game. You have the duo of Jason and Danielle, and you have the duo of Dan and Memphis. And so the, the decision comes for me between which duo I want to see play again and which duo I enjoyed watching play the game more. And while I super respect this duo, and while this duo actually ended up performing better, I'm going to have to give second place to Big Brother 10. I'm going to have to say that Big Brother 3 is our winner. All um, right. That's what I want to hear, Jeff. Did that? Did, was that what you wanted? That is what I wanted. Yes. So Big Brother 3 has the duo of Jason and Danielle, which I think is easily the best power couple in the history of Big Brother. Um, and when kind of you were talking about, David, about how Maggie winning kind of ruined Big Brother 6, if there's the, – I think – what happens in Big Brother 3 is the most disappointing ending to any season ever. And the fact that Big Brother 3 is still on the top of our lists, for second for me and first for you, really speaks to us from the rest of the season is. The characters are great. You have relationships between people that are great to watch unfold. You have Kiara and Roddy. You have Lisa and Eric. Um... And, and it's just a really well-rounded season. The challenges are great. The strategies that you get with the introduction of Power of Veto are great. Whenever you introduce something that's a mainstay in the game, not just a one-time twist, but a mainstay in the game, the strategies that develop around that thing become a main um, plotline of the season. I think that's what happened, and that's what we got. Big Brother 10 was great. I love it. Um, the fights were amazing. Big Brother 3 was just a little bit better. Yep, that's what I have. Big Brother 3 just... 
at some point, um, I think they took Big Brother 2 and they made that tweaks to make Big Brother what it is today. I think Big Brother 3 lays the groundwork of all these, the, the future seasons. Uh, another person you didn't mention, Marcellus, was such a huge character. Um, and, you know, you had that dumbest move ever thing until LaJuan came around. Um, <laughs> and so then, who came uh, around? LaJuan. Oh, right. <laughs> Vote me, evict me, because I'm sure that I'll get some sort of special power. <laughs> yeah, Luan, whatever. But uh, Marcellus not using the veto on himself when he had the opportunity to and then getting evicted was another big one. Even Amy, um, this was also the, the first time we had someone come back into the Big Brother game, and I, I thought that right. was uh, entertaining. I thought she was a great character as well. So there were so many huge characters. I think you they were finding the right balance between challenges and, you know, between strategy and between just character scenes. I think, uh, yeah, Lisa winning was like, oh, Danielle controlled this game. Oh, no. But, uh, yeah, it and it comes from the backlash of, you know, Everyone on the jury got to see the episodes and got to see her diary rooms, which, of course, they don't do now. And I think it was also, while it was a disappointing win, I think it was necessary so that Big Brother learned, hey, we can't let these guys watch the season if they're making the final decision. And that also changed with Big Brother 4. So I think this, uh, this season was monumental in, uh, in shaping Big Brother to be the way it is today. But uh, Big, Brother, Big Brother 10... It's a phenomenal season. I love Dan. I thought he's so far, you know, Derek could uh, also be with him, but he was the only, he's the only person to play a perfect game. He never got any votes to evict, and he uh, got every single vote in the end. We'll see what happens with Derek. It could be up there. But uh, it was masterful to see him, gain his, him play his game. You had some great people in there. I know you like old people. We had Jerry in there. We had Rennie. I thought Keisha was great. Memphis. Love Jerry. Memphis was great. Um, you just had so many. Libra brought a lot of drama. You had the Ollie and I think April and their whole romance, and that was a little more awkward. But you know, you had a lot of uh, interesting things. You even had one of the, one of my favorite first boots, Brian. I loved him. He just came out playing a little too strong. I mean, there's a reason why they brought him back as one of the potentials in BB11. Um, so I think. Once again, BB10 had a great cast, had some great drama, entertaining stuff, but uh, you can't beat Big Brother 3. So what do you think I of agree. this list, Jeff? I think it's a pretty good list. I like the bottom half a lot better than I like the top half, i got to be honest, but uh, that's okay. That's okay, I'll live. You mean the bottom half meaning you like 16 through well, 8 better? No, 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 I mean... Uh, my my predictions, 10 through 16, went exactly how I expected. And then, I don't know, something happened on that top half that that yeah. didn't go well for me. I ended up but going... You... I ended up going 3, 1, 7, 5, 2, 9, 4, 6 in my, uh, in my top half. So, not too great. Big Brother 3, Big Brother 3 was your 6th? No, no, no. In terms of ranking... In terms of ranking, so who I put first got third, who I put second got first, who I put third got seventh, in that, like that. Okay. So what did you have Big Brother 3 as, number two? Yeah. Okay. So, 
Yeah, and you know, as being different and watching different seasons, I mean, it was it, we were pretty spot on for most of it. I mean, we had for me, I had Big Brother Five higher, and you had you know Big Brother Six a little bit higher, and a few others. But for the most part, it was pretty, pretty cohesive. Yeah. But, so there's our list of the top sixteen. Uh, well, the, there's only sixteen, but ranking the sixteen seasons of Big Brother. <laughs> Uh, we'll list them one more time. Number 16, BB9, 15, BB1, 14, BB15, 13, BB4, 12, BB5, 11, BB11, 10, BB13, 9, BB2, 8, BB16. That's pretty high for uh, the most recent season, though. Credit to yeah. them. Uh, 7, BB7, 6, BB12, 5, BB8, 4, BB14. Number three, Big Brother Six. Number two, Big Brother Ten. And number one, Big Brother Three. So, pretty yeah, good. Pr pretty good. Yeah, my predictions were a lot better on the bottom half than the top half. So. Yeah. But, well, that is all for our real talk with David and Jeff. I hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to check us out on our Facebook page, David and Jeff Survivor Podcast, or on our website, survivorpodcast.blogspot.com, to give us comments, feedback, let us know what you think, any ideas for future episodes. We'd love to hear from you. And make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes. Make the uh, podcast show up on e your computer every single week. There you go. We thank you so much, guys, for watching and or listening, and we'll be back talking about the premiere of Survivor, San Juan del Sur. Goodbye. Bye.